Cod Moth. Today, we bask in the light of... Mustachioed greatness, you know that, you son of a bitch. We've done our fair share of westerns and neo-westerns on this podcast, but today, I just felt like digging in a little deeper into these types of films because let's... God, it sounds super sexual. But let's face it. There are just so many goddamn mustaches in these western movies. It's like Scrooge McDuck diving in his gold pool of coins for me. There's just so many fucking mustaches. It's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, we are honoring the great Gregory Peck, who played Jimmy Ringo in the 1950 The Gunfighter. Directed by Henry King, yes, Gregory Peck didn't always sport a mustache, I get it, but when he did, god damn it was it good. And this specific mustache has a major significance, so I thought I'd recognize it for this episode. Anyway, let's go on with the show. Go ahead and ride your horse to the next town, shoot a fucking dude that thinks he's the shit, be flexing on ya, then head off to the next town to try and make up with your long-lost wife, and then drink lots of whiskey. And you know what? Drink some more whiskey, because we're the toughest gunslinger in town, you son of a bitch! And we don't give a fuck, 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 Now play that shit theme song! It's the Mustachio Podcast, you know we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, you I am your host of the Mustachioed Podcastio, Daniel Segura. And you know what? Today we have ourselves a solo tolo! <coughs> I swear I don't got that Decepticon COVID. <coughs> I still got the lungs I used to have. We are having a solo cello today. That is right. We have not had a Mustachio Pacasio solo cello in a long time. But you know what? We're going to make it quick, baby. I'm not going to waste too much of your time. I know y'all love the guests. I know I'm not as funny as uh, the guests I have on here. But that's why I have guests. I get it. <laughs> I'm here to find talent, not so much give you talent. I don't know. But you know what? I just felt everyone celebrating their holidays. I didn't want to bother anyone. I kept this week open, baby. You know what? Initially, I wasn't even going to release an episode, but I just saw this movie. I saw Gregory Peck's dope mustache, and I felt like, you know what? This is a time to cover this movie. 1950s, The Gunfighter. Holy shit. I love Gregory Peck in this. It's a classic Western. Nothing too crazy happens. It's quick as shit. It's like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. Maybe less. Plenty of fucking mustaches. And specifically Gregory Peck. What I really love about it is before all this, Peck was like this basically a sex symbol like people loved him he's he's a charming looking dude he's six foot three 
you know, I'm like five foot nine in a Mexican. So, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I, I see, I, I understand it. I understand it. A six foot plus guy. I get it. Very attractive. Even if they're uglier than me, like there's some guys that are like above six feet that look like my big toe and more women are willing to talk to them than me. And fuck you. You know what I mean? That <laughs> Y'all wonder why I just love smaller smaller people. I'm a big fan of uh, Willy Wonka. Because, you know, <laughs> the Oopa Loopas appreciate someone. That's a solid 5'9", goddammit. Anyway, Gregory Peck goes into this movie. Big heartthrob. And you know what? What I love about this is that the director decided that you know what we want to keep this authentic as shit we want to make sure that we keep to as close to the way that cowboys were dressing the way the cowboys were acting the way the cowboys looked at this time we want to keep to it as close and authentic as possible directed by henry king he decided that you know what we noticed a lot of cowboys at that time were basically wearing ill-fitting garments. They were just basically taking either shit from people they stole shit from or hand-me-downs or whatever. They didn't look like these little pretty like fucking cowboy dudes that they were seeing in westerns before this time. They were just kind of wearing whatever. But you know what? <laughs> What's funny is by them wearing whatever, they basically look like sexy hipsters now. <laughs> <laughs> just wearing like dope denim jackets and nice pants with their boots, whatever fucking hat they can find. It's not like the perfectly fucking cowboy hat you can think of. It's just a nice hat that they can find. And they look kind of junky but good, like like uh, thrift shop sexy. I don't even know what you would call it, but they're like thrift shop sexy. And another thing that Henry King was like, you know what? Gregory Peck, I want you to wear a mustache because in all these Western films before The Gunfighter, a lot of the stars, like the guys that were going to sell the tickets at the time, excuse me, I need to have a sip of this beer. Just give me a second. I don't get to, I have to do this because I don't have a guest to just yip yap, you know, while I can talk, you know, while I, <laughs> I mean, wait, I don't have a guest to just yip yap. So that way I can have a drink and pretend like I'm listening and then and then like say something so it sounds like I heard what they were saying. Are you still listening to this? Oh my god, what is wrong with you? If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, you're a special person. You're a fucking mustachioed legend. I don't care if you don't even have a mustache. I don't care if you're a woman that just can never grow a mustache. You want so bad to be able to grow one, but you know what? You're part of the team, baby. Yeah, that's right. You. You're one of four to five women that listen to this podcast, and you know what? You're special to me. I think about you every morning. And not even in that weird, creepy way. I think about you in a weird, inspirational way. <laughs> I'll stop. Anyway, so... <laughs> fucking shit. Am I going to release this? I'm not sure. So, Henry King is like, you know what? Cowboys had facial hair. They just did. You're out there. You're fucking in a posse. And you're trying to get your shit. And you're trying to get some money in some easy ways. 
you're obviously not focused on being the best that a man can get, Gillette. You're tr <laughs> you're just barely shaving off what you can with your Bowie knife or whatever the fuck you have. And so Gregory Peck was like, yeah, I'll grow a mustache. Like, how about I grow a mustache just to kind of lay in the fact that this is a real gunfighter. This is a real fucking person. So they did it. They make the movie. And when told it was authentic, 20th Century Fox president Spiro Skoros, I might be pronouncing that last name wrong, but it sounds like somebody that Tim Yobo knows. Spiro Skoros, just a fucking made-up fucking person. He answered to the director, Authentic? Hell, this young man is a sex symbol, and you're going to ruin him. Women don't like him in with mustaches. How much will it cost to reshoot? He wanted to know how much it would cost to reshoot the entire fucking movie with Gregory Peck without a mustache. So forget Justice League where we tried to delete um, Henry Cavill's mustache and it looked like he had a fucking ghost lip or whatever the fuck. He had like a mutant mouth. I don't even know. It looked ridiculous. I saw it in the theater and I thought something was wrong with the screen. But it was actually, it was actually part of the actual edit of the film. You know what? And I like DC. That I, I, Just to, real quick. I love DC. I'm a big Flash guy. I love the Flash. He's always been one of my favorite characters. I remember in high school, junior year, 2001 to 2002, motherfuckers, I was like, I will never get to see the Flash on the silver screen because I can't imagine being able to portray his greatness on film. Then, then we get Ezra Miller. Anyway, so it was a bummer, right, for me. And then to see fucking Superman's shitty fake mustache, like, just covered over, it was a bummer. So I understand why the, he was asking, you know, how about we reshoot it? Because Gregory Peck's a sex symbol. Even though, to me, he's just more like sexy dad. But I guess at the time, they were really liking, like, more rugged men at the time. Now, women like little girly boys that would do whatever they say. So... <laughs> I'm going to get canceled. So he says this shit. They released the film. And it's still to this to this time, it, it, at this point, you know, it was one of Henry King's favorite films to make. It was one of his favorite films. And even Gregory Peck loved it. But Scorus, Spiro Scorus, still said... That goddamn mustache cost us a million dollars at the box office because he was so confident that Gregory Peck, if he had just shaved off that mustache, they would have made a, mo a million dollars more than they made in this movie. And in box office numbers, they, they made $1.95 million. I mean, they, it did good. At the time, Gregory Peck was huge. This genre was huge. It was released widely. So it did fine, but still, Spiro still felt like it could have been better if he didn't have the mustache. Well, fuck you, Spiro. This is the Mustachio Podcastio, and God damn it, we are going to honor this man for sporting that mustache despite your opinion. And for those of y'all have have, that have never seen this movie, The Gunslinger, uh, 19, uh, 1950, it's good. I like it. 
it's a classic western nothing too crazy not too many sets it's very simple i can't imagine they don't i can't i couldn't find the budget of this movie but i imagine it was very little because <laughs> it doesn't really it's basically outside and then it's like in a couple it's basically in a bar for most of the movie and a and a couple of other little scenes it honestly looks like and i'm sure a lot of the listeners here that know much more than me would understand what would probably know where this movie was shot it was probably in one of those fake little towns that they would make in um in the los angeles area or in california southern california it was definitely shot in that kind of environment you know you have maybe a i don't know what you would consider a four or five block street um just built as a town uh i've seen several movies uh even in the 80s where they just used these old little towns that were just 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 vacant and shitty <laughs> but at this time in the 1950s they were brain spanking you so it looks great it honestly looks like tombstone you i don't know if you ever seen tombstone in the 90s we covered that movie in my 25th episode because i didn't think i was going to go much past that but here i am fucking covering this movie i don't even know what episode this is this must be like almost 80 like 79 or something jesus i did not expect to go this far but we're covering this movie i love the set i will say that first things first i love the set of the town they're in I think I'm going to say it wrong. It's like Cheyenne or uh, Cheyenne, something like that. It's C-A-Y-E-N-N-E. Cayenne? Cayenne? I don't know. Uh, I may be from the South. I, I just I've never, I've never said uh, Cayenne before. Cayenne? I don't know. Y'all may know better than me. Either way, love the setting of this place. It looks great. Um, I love the fact that everything was so muddy. It honestly reminds me, I don't know if for those of y'all that ever played Red Dead Redemption. I love Red Dead Redemption. I don't think I've even beaten the, the two games. They've, they've released two games for those. I end up just fishing and hunting and gambling. And, and that's all I end up doing and killing people. I don't even finish the games. I just love being in the West and fucking shit up and being wanted and killing motherfuckers that talk shit. That's like basically what I do in those games. And and the difference between Red Dead Redemption 1 and Red Dead Redemption 2 is just the graphics. That's it. That's pretty much it. You know, I just love riding around on my horse and fucking people up. Um, I should probably go back and finish those games as a as a as a uh, dedicated casual gamer. <laughs> I'm a very casual gamer. Like I have a lot of friends that get mad at me because I don't spend enough time playing games. I can't help that I have other talents, motherfucker. I can sing. I can dance. I can do a lot of shit. Okay. I don't have a lot of time to sit on my ass and play with my balls and play with my fucking controller and put it near my balls because it vibrates i don't have time okay i'm sorry but i am going to try to put a little bit a <laughs> little bit more time into playing games i do love them i do love them i love them as a child and i just don't have the amount of time as i had as a child you know but i do really love playing games as condescending as that may have sounded now this movie specifically where are we at? I don't even know what time. Where are we at? We're 15 minutes in. You know what? Before I get into this movie, here's a promotion for a podcast from the Podmoth Network. 
Feel free to forward if you'd like. For those of y'all who aren't interested in Podmoth Network opportunities um, and what they offer. But you know what? We got some good shows, okay? So check this out. Honest conversations with interesting people. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, and I talk to a wide variety of guests across an eclectic range of interesting topics. People I've spoken to include a magister from the Church of Satan, a blind Australian filmmaker, a puppeteer from Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, and I also speak to musicians of all kinds of genres, authors, actors, podcasters. Really, there is no limit to who I speak to, and the subject matter is endless. So if you believe in the art of conversation and want to hear different people talking about their passions, then this is the perfect show for you. You can find Genuine Chit Chat anywhere you listen to podcasts, and there's some video versions on YouTube, so there's no reason not to tune in. Well, I don't know about you, but I thought that was good. Uh, man, I've had a lot of beer today. I went to a Spurs game earlier today. It was fun. I had a great time. We kicked the shit out of the Pistons, which is, you know, honestly not saying much. The Pistons are some of the mo- the, the The Pistons, unfortunately. The, poor Detroit. They're stuck with the Lions, the Pistons, Robocop 3. They have some of the worst things ever made in that fucking city. It's a shame. And for anyone that's listening in that area, I love you. You know what? When I see the Lions playing someone that I don't give a shit about, I root for the Lions. They are they are the most blue. You know, a lot of people say that Dallas Cowboys are America's team, blah, 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 blah. Detroit is America's team, in my opinion. You know, it's an OG city of the Americas. They made cars and stuff. <laughs> made a lot of old cars it's fucking blue collar shit there it's basically robocops like the crime level that was in robocop basically the same at this point but there's not a robocop trying to protect the city it's rough out there baby we should at least give them some support anyway back to the movie we're talking about the gunfighter 1950 it's a solo cello and i honestly had a good time with this movie we're just barely getting <laughs> we're just getting into it's 17 minutes i don't know how what time it is at this point but it's somewhere around after 15 minutes that we're getting into <laughs> into the actual movie and it's just me hosting it um i like this movie a lot I think Gregory Peck does a great job of being that badass-looking dude, but that also has a heart. Um, immediately, he pick he he offers that sort of energy or whatever. We see him riding around. Um, his name he plays Jimmy Ringo, which I'm figuring is close. To, you know, they uh, I didn't look too much into the background. I'm sure I'll have some people email me or reach out to me on the Discord. But I'm assuming he has a lot to do with Johnny Ringo, um, who was a big character and a big personality around the same time as Wyatt Earp. Um, he's played by um, that guy with that weird fucking name. <laughs> and Tombstone. God, Skeet Ulrich? No, is that, the, is that the name? Or am I getting it wrong? 
Is that Skeet Ulrich that plays Ringo? Jeez, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up right now while I am talking. Um, I'm sorry. It's not Skeet. It's Michael Bean. How did I get Skeet Ulrich and Michael Bean confused? Because they're just both fucking the same white guys that would have played the same parts. Anyway, Michael Bean plays um, Ringo in a great way. I love the way he plays him in Tombstone. But unfortunately... Um, not, well, not, I don't want to say unfortunately, but Jimmy Ringo is a whole different kind of Ringo. He maybe this is if Johnny Ringo never got ran into Doc Holiday in Tombstone. He's a different personality. He's been through all the posse gang stuff. He's gone through a whole bunch of shit. You can just tell. Like, and, and that's honestly what I, I will really give the movie credit is as soon as you see um, Jimmy Ringo, you can tell that this guy has been through some shit. He's a little older. I think he plays like in his mid-30s, but he looks like he, I mean, Gregory Peck. He's just a different, like people just looked older back then. He looks like he's like more like 40-something, like maybe 43, 44. But we see him riding out. He heads to a town. He runs into this young blood who who thinks he, on, and honestly, I'll give I'll, I'll give the movie this. Eddie, and you know, most Eddies are complete pieces of garbage. I don't know if Eddie from the Bloody Bits Horror Show is listening to this. Eddie the Axe is one of my best buds. I love him to death. But me and him know that most Eddies are complete garbage people. And the Eddie in this movie is one of those. He right away looks at Ringo and is like, you know what? He looks pretty regular to me. This guy doesn't look like anything special. I can pre I'm pretty sure I can fuck this guy up. So he starts talking a bunch of shit to Ringo and just being a complete douchebag. And Ringo tries to be cool about it. But of course, and he, he calls Ringo a frazzle bottom. I don't even know what that is. But it sounds like kind of like, I guess if we would call someone a pussy ass bitch now, frazzle bottom. You know, if you were to translate it um, from the from the late 1800s or whatever. And so he keeps calling him that. And Ringo basically says, hey, yo, anyone that's in charge of this guy, y'all best bring him back and have him stop flexing because I'm about to check this motherfucker. <laughs> and the dude does come out and try to speak for him, but it's too little too late. Uh, Eddie brings out his, his whip. He He's about to shoot. Ringo and Ringo shoots him dead. That automatically sets off the rest of the movie. It turns out that Eddie has three brothers, and the guy that was with um, Eddie at the bar tells Ringo, Hey, look, I understand. Eddie brought his gun out first, but you know what? You best get the fuck out of here because Eddie has three older brothers, Eddie's just a kid, and they don't give a shit if it was because Eddie drew his gun first. You killed their younger brother. Obviously, they're going to hunt you down. And I'll give them that. Even, you know, I would like to think, you know, both my blood brother, my older brother, John, which y'all have heard, you know, heard on this show before, and my, my homeboys that I grew up with, you know, here in San Antonio in the inner city, if somebody killed me, I don't give a shit if it was my fault. If somebody killed me in a bar... That person will be hunted down. 
it, it's it's just a fact of the matter when you're brought up with that kind of brotherhood i'm not saying that anyone specific is going to do the job but it will be done <laughs> and so i totally understood the fact that even though ringo was in his best was in his right to shoot eddie dead um you could be a piece of shit to somebody but it doesn't mean you're a piece of shit to everybody and so eddie's brothers obviously try to hunt down ringo he catches them on their way to try to get them and he stops them he 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 scares their horses away and he makes them walk he's like you know what y'all are gonna walk back to the town that y'all are from and it's like a i think he says it's like a three-hour walk which is crazy because they're out there i i didn't look up where they were where this was taking place but it kind of looks like southwestern you know, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico type shit. It's very dry, deserty shit. You know, it does not look good. You definitely don't want to be walking anywhere in those areas for three hours. <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even want to walk in Texas for an hour <laughs> without specific supplies. It's hot as shit down here, and it's humid as fuck. Unless they were like in Arizona where it's dry, but it's still super hot. So you don't even realize how much you're sweating and all that. It's very dangerous either way. So he, he, you know, he heads out. And what's, what's really amazing, by the way, and I didn't mention this before, but Gregory Peck is tall as shit. Maybe I did mention it. He's like six foot three. It's amazing. This dude is like, you know, he's like a strong forward. <laughs> or... <laughs> or I guess a forward ambassador. Like, this guy is tall as shit. He's taller than most of the people around him. Uh, and and you really do see it. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, and I think that's kind of... It, it's funny because I would think, oh, this guy's a really big dude. And he's like a really big... You know, he's known for being a fucking killer and out gunslinging dudes or whatever. But it seems like this whole movie's theme is that I guess people were thinking he would be like Hercules or the Hulk or some kind of superhuman being because every time they see him, they think he's, they're like, oh, wait, he's like a regular guy. He's got regular hands. He only has two arms. I'm like, wait, did y'all think this guy was such a fucking legend that you thought he had some kind of superpowers or some shit? Like, there's no way these people were thinking of that back in then, you know, in the 1800s. They they were not thinking of this shit. Why did they think that this guy was so strong? It's so stupid. I guess it's the legend, you know, like you have like, um, what's the guy with the fucking blue bull? And he like, uh, God damn it, what's that guy's name? He like hit trees down and shit. I don't remember. But you know what I'm talking about. I think those legends or whatever, that's part of what Ringo was you know involved in so the people had so much legend and so much uh, lore about this guy that they thought oh wait this guy's like a regular dude um and back then i think a lot of that lore meant more and it stuck more uh at that time and like now with the internet and stuff shit comes through and then it goes so anyway he heads to um i'm gonna keep saying this town wrong but uh cayenne or whatever <laughs> Cain. <laughs> he heads out there and Eddie's brothers notice that's where he's going. So they're like, well, we can either walk back home or walk to Cheyenne. 
and it's going to be about the same amount of time. So they decide to go ahead and pursue, uh, to pursue to to pursue Wingo, Wingo, Ringo, and he heads out there. They keep pursuing him. He eventually gets to uh, Cheyenne, and he stops at the the saloon. He gets himself a drink. This guy's been drinking all day. Like he drank, he drank before he was before he left the town where he killed Eddie. He heads to Cheyenne. He starts drinking again, and I love it because the bartender asks him, "Are you up too early? Or are you are you up really late?" <laughs> He's like, "It's no matter. It doesn't matter to you. Just give me my fucking beer, dude." So then Ringo turns to the stable boy and the bartender says that the stable boy is astonished to by seeing Jimmy because uh, Ringo is basically a fucking a legend in the West, in the, in the Southwest. And Ringo says, well, you best get him unastonished <laughs> and tell him to put my horse away. <laughs> which i really liked it's a really good line it's one of the funnier lines in the movie it's super quick it's super good so the bartender tells the kid to go and let the marshal know that ringle's there so the bartender like kind of turncoats a little bit he's kind of like because he already knew who ringle was um but he knew that ringle was dangerous and so he tells the little kid to go and tell the marshal that he's there and so it seems like the nobody knows how much the marshal knows Ringo because at first when I was watching this movie I was like oh shit the marshal like fuck shit's about to pop off, but then the marshal comes into the saloon, and him and Ringo meet and it's like me meeting some of my old friends if we haven't seen each other in a while. And I was like oh shit these guys used to definitely go out get wild or whatever, and I like the marshal. Um, he has played, uh, his name is Marshall Mark Strett. He's played by Millard Mitchell. Imagine if your name was Millard. Millard. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I always thought my name was really plain, but sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I'm not named Millard. Uh, so, so anyway, I really like this guy. Does a great job. You can tell right away he does know Ringo. And, but he assures Ringo, like, look, I just want you out of my town. I'm Marshall now. I've worked really hard. I've gone through a bunch of shit. This town's important to me. I need you to leave. But Ringo is like, yo, I have a lost love here. Her name is Peggy. She has a son who is his. But he was such a, a wild gun, just like a wild man. And doing whatever he wanted, getting that money easy. That he eventually was basically abandoned Peggy and her child, which was his. And she didn't want to have anything to do with him. He was immature and stupid or whatever. It's what That's kind of the, the feeling you get. And I got to give Marshall credit. He's honorable to both, to both Ringo and to Peggy. Because he's very nice to to. to Ringo, like knowing how dangerous he is, he's like, look, as a friend, I'm just asking you not to start shit in my town. But he also tells him, yo, I'm not going to let you know where Peggy lives. I'm not going to tell you what her name is now because she changed her name and everything. 
so he's very secretive but he's like you know what i will he agrees to letting her know that ringo wants to talk to her ringo basically tells him tells the marshal look if you don't tell her that i'm looking to talk to her i'm gonna stay here until gunfire ensues and we're gonna have a really bloody scene here in the town and in this specific town we do get a lot of repeat of oh this isn't deadwood or oh this isn't tombstone this isn't those de deadly towns where the law was bullshit or there was corrupt this is a town where things are kept with law and order and we don't have a lot of bloodshed so the townspeople were basically very spoiled here even though back then in the 1800s that was the time to kill people honestly from the from, from 1800s all the way until 1980 some odd you could pretty much kill as many people as you wanted it would be pretty difficult to catch you unless you know unless you're really fucking stupid uh, that's why we have so many serial killers i guarantee you there were serial killers in the late 1800s like I, can you imagine how easy it was to just fucking kill people whenever like it's like playing red dead redemption back then yeah there's no dna samples there's no fucking um, cum samples <laughs> there's none of that um it's just a different time but anyway so yes, eventually Ringo convinces Mark to go and talk to Peggy. He goes and talks to Peggy. Peggy asks how Ringo Ringo is looking, and it's really funny because Mark mentions, "Oh, he's you know he's looking okay. He looks pretty much the same, except a little more tired and you know a little bit more shitty looking." You know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and all the kids are playing hook well all the kids were let out of school because all the boys went to go see this hugely you know legendary gunslinger um you know ringo and so they're hanging outside the saloon which is kind of uh something that didn't occur very much i would imagine in those towns but they are just surrounding the saloon I really like this part because it's something that's mentioned several times is uh, Ringo keeps mentioning like how come these kids aren't at school blah 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 like why aren't they in school do you have any schools here and it's not because the kids are annoying him it's because he's he's genuinely um, worried about his son he genuinely cares about his son he wants his son to be able to have a good education and he doesn't want his son to go to school that is just gonna let them play hooky and all that shit. But it turns out that Peggy is actually the teacher of the schoolhouse. So, <laughs> so his own love interest was the one that let him out in the first place. Or let him go out in the first place. And uh, things get a little bit crazier from there. You know, the more shit starts popping off. Uh, it, it, what, what's kind of amazing is, and I, and I get, and I would imagine this was the way it was in these old western towns, in these old, you know, country towns when you had a reputation to be killing people really you know as far as the movie says you know jimmy had really only killed 12 people including the person including eddie you know that he killed in the town before and a lot of it was like either stuff he was doing with his posse or stuff with but especially around the you know around of more of most recent times it was people just challenging him 
you know, once you have some some sort of lore or legend or people just talking about you in general, you know, basically flexing for you, telling, you know, telling other people, oh, he's the greatest gunslinger, oh, he's the most deadliest, or oh, he's killed this many people. Of course you're going to have people that want to challenge you. That's why it's never good to be the best sometimes because you are always going to have people wanting to be the best. And so he would have these young gunslingers come up to him, want to flex on him, and of course he would end their life. And that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of the concept of this whole movie because, you know, he he tells Mark, you know, about Peggy, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, um, he's stuck there. He's he's trying to stay there at the saloon because Mark tells him, just stay at the saloon, stay here for as long as you can. We're going to hope, hopefully we can get Peggy to agree to want to talk to you. Then after Mark lets him know that Peggy doesn't want to talk to him, obviously Ringo's not happy. And I do like the line where um, Mark tells him, yeah, you know, your son, little Jimmy, he seems to be more of a Wyatt Earp guy because Wyatt Earp was just as big of a name around the same time. <laughs> and uh, Ringo was like, no, fuck that shit. Like, this guy, that guy sucks. <laughs> fuck that dude. So then, you know, I, I can understand that that was probably the way it was at the time. You, you know, everything was just legend. You didn't necessarily know everything that happened. And, you know, word of mouth, it grows big. So who knows what the kind of stories they were telling each other at that time. So then Ringo runs to a friend. Um, her name is Molly. And she knows Peggy. And they catch up for a second. And he tells Molly, look, can you just talk to Peggy and just let her know I'm here and I would really want to talk to her. And he, I, just, I just think he has more of a feeling that Molly will be able to convince her. And he also, this is around the same time that um, he finds out about this Hunt guy. Um, his name is, I forget his name. It's like Hunt, Hunt Bromley. Hunt Bromley. He's our shitty douchebag of the movie. As much as Eddie was a douchebag, Hunt Bromley takes the cake. And Hunt Bromley apparently has already tried to hit on or try to like, um, court Peggy and she just wasn't feeling it and wasn't liking it because I mean, he's like as we learn later in the movie he's like basically like a kid he looks like he's like 19 years old or something so anyway he wants to be the big shit of the town so that's the first thing that the marshal and his uh, right hand man whatever I forget his name but he's like the, the right hand officer of his he, that's the first person he wants to go get because um because he gives off that vibe, um, Hunt does, that he just wants to be the biggest man in town. And someone that has that kind of mentality obviously wants to take out the biggest person in town whenever they come through. So I think Marshall had the right idea to try to find his ass and throw him in jail for the time being until until Gregory Peck gets the fuck out of there. So the movie goes on. <clears throat> um Ringo basically tells Mark that if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't tell Peggy that he's in town, that he'll wait until there's a gunfight. So that's what that's what eventually gets um, Mark to go and talk to Peggy and blah, blah, blah. And even though she doesn't want to talk to him. 
And then uh, we have a couple of scenes where the kids throw. I, it's weird because there's like a uh, there's a bartender there at the saloon, and he goes outside, and the kids throw snowballs at him or some shit. I don't know what the fuck. It's really weird. I'm like, where do they get snowballs? They're in the south. There's like no snow anywhere. It looks like they threw like fucking raspas at this motherfucker. I was like, what the fuck? Where'd they get all this shit from? Anyway, we hear some ladies. They there's some ladies in this movie that kind of look like they're part of the temperance movement. Which for those of you that that don't know what the temperance movement movement is, it was a bunch of people that were very much against alcohol. Um, the uh, which is something I'm drinking right now. <laughs> Stupid asses, and um. You know, they're just basically traveling. And honestly, uh, it's funny. I stayed at the Meager recently with a very um, awesome person. Uh, and the Meager Hotel in San Antonio is one of the oldest hotels. And honestly, one of the most haunted hotels, quote-unquote haunted, um, in the nation. It's seen a lot of disasters and murders and things like that. And uh, there was a temperance, a temperance uh, per, a representative. I forget her name, but she was uh, always kind of connotated with a hatchet. It was like hatchet something. I don't have time to look it up, but uh, she would go to different towns that had, you know, beer cells or alcohol cells. She would go into their bars and just slam her hatchet down in the bar, just right in the middle of the wood and split it. And give her a big statement about fucking alcohol, whatever the fuck. And then she would pull her hatchet out and leave. It was just like a big, you know, signif signifier of like, hey, you know, we're not happy with this and we're against this, blah, blah, blah. So she actually went to the Minger and did that. And that same little split where they had to repair the bar because she put that, that, um, that fucking axe into the wood. Is still there. And it's crazy. That was like a long, 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 long time ago. So these ladies here in Cheyenne, Cheyenne or whatever the fuck. Cheyenne. I don't know. They say it different in the movie. I can't remember. These temperance ladies are basically the same. They're just very conservative and like they're like, you know, you need to gun down this guy. He's no good. He's a murderer. They think he's killed like 30 or 40 people, even though he's only had like some bouts with like 12 people. And one of the funniest parts of the movie happens when they go and talk to the marshal and they don't realize that, you know, that Jimmy Ringo is there. It's just Gregory Peck talking to them, but they don't know that he's actually Ringo. They think he's maybe a deputy or something in the, you know, in the marshal's office. So they're all talking about this guy who's a murderer, blah, blah, blah. And Gregory Peck tries to reason with them and tell them like, yo, he's not that bad. He's just been in some tough situations and some misunderstandings and he's killed 12 people. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if I was in the Old West and someone tried to challenge me, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill you if you want to have a little fucking gunslinging competition. Fuck you. But, uh, so it was just different back then. Obviously, I wouldn't do that now, but back then, fuck yeah. So, we fight. So then they're like going back and forth, and they tell the marshal, yo, if he's not out, if he's not out of town by 12 or 10, whatever, like basically by nighttime, late nighttime, you'll go out and shoot him like a dog. And it's funny because, you know, 
Gregory Peck is like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we totally agree, blah, blah, blah. And they thank the marshal. And the marshal says, well, don't thank me. Thank Jimmy Ringo. And they're like, oh, thank you, Jimmy Ringo. And they realize, oh, shit, this is the guy we were talking shit about this whole time. It's one of the best scenes. Super funny. You know, the way they uh, the way they bring these ladies up. It's so good. And then um, around this whole time, we see that the brothers of Eddie are getting closer. They walked most of their way toward uh, Cheyenne. And they find this guy who has a bunch of horses and weapons. I guess they knew him already. They had a connection. So this guy offers them his horses. There's three of them. So he offers them three horses. And they're about an hour away from where from where Ringo is at so they're not very far away so once they occupy those horses and get going they're pretty much heading over there but Ringo does not know that he thinks they're walking the whole way he assumes they're coming for him but he assumes they're walking and they weren't going to run into someone that would offer them horses so he thinks he has a lot more time than he has basically he thinks he has like maybe an hour's more time because he thinks that he can leave around 11, but the, they're going to be there like by 10-ish at night or something like that. Even though it never look, really looks like nighttime, but I, I imagine it was pretty tough to shoot at night around this time in 1950 without a lot of extra bullshit. So, uh, so they head out. They're heading out toward Ringo. And we also find out that Mark, uh, the marshal, went straight after a little girl died in a shootout. So Mar uh, Mark has known Ringo for a long, long, long time. They basically ran in the same posse and have been a part of the same gang and blah, blah, blah. And the little girl died when they were trying to go get some supplies. And Mark just like basically went on his horse and raced to the next town and eventually took up a job. And that's what eventually he got became marshal. So this guy just fell ass backwards into success after doing some pretty heavy bad shit. And honestly, throughout the movie, a lot of people keep asking the marshal, how long have you known Mr. Ringo? Because it's very obvious they have some sort of connection, but nobody knew about it. I think the marshal, Mark, had done a really good job of pretending like his whole life was all about law and order but it turns out this guy was actually a criminal at some point but nobody knew about it in this town that he's in kind of cool i can imagine that being a whole different movie um but from there uh, ringo leaves a note for peggy for the bartender to give her but it turns out that molly turned you know she fucking did her job she brought um she brought peggy back in to talk to ringo and they have a little conversation it's pretty heavy uh, he asks about his son, and Peggy mentions that he's a little wild, but he's he's good. He's a good kid. And Ringo mentions that he wants to get out of that part of the country, and he wants to find a ranch um, in the in either California or the north, you know, northwest area of the United States where they don't know him. And he invites her and the kid with her. He's like, "Look, I get it. I fucked up a bunch. Why don't you come up?" you know come out with me to the west coast blah 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 she's not really cool about it but he's like look how about a year from now 
I settle in to wherever I want to go. And a year from now, I come back to y'all and see if y'all are willing to move with me. And she's a little reluctant, but she kind of agrees. It's a pretty good deal <laughs> for some. I, I don't know. She feels like, you know what? This guy's sexy as fuck. No one looks like him. He's six foot three. I'm like, why not? I'm going to jump his bones. I want this guy to be my second child's dad. But she's like, you know what? Okay, a year from now, come on through. We'll see where we're at, blah, blah, blah. Because she knows he's in danger. She knows this guy is, like, running from shit. And she's like, I don't want to make my kid go through all that. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of children out there that their dads or their moms were in the in the crime syndicates or whatever, and they're moving from here to there, and they're having to move with them. It's a whole thing. I'm sure it's a fucking piece of shit situation to be in. So Ringo agrees. He says goodbye to his homie, the the marshal, and he heads out, but not in time for all of a sudden we see Eddie's brothers up in some like barn or some shit with their guns out, ready to shoot him. But somebody stops them. Um, just before that, he had like a little meeting with his kid and they go back and forth. It's a nice little scene. If you want to watch the movie, watch it. But it's a nice little scene where he's like, oh, this is my kid and we have a lot in common, but I want to make sure this kid's not a, as much of a piece of shit as me. Um, and he tells the kid like, you know, hopefully I'll see you soon. I'll come back in a year and say hello or whatever. But he never tells little, his name's Jimmy too. He's like, he never tells little Jimmy that he's his dad. He kind of treats him like he's like this legend that just happens to be talking to him or whatever. So, yes, they stop Eddie's brothers uh, from from assassinating Ringo on the spot. But just around the corner, fucking Hunt is there. Just like a total douchebag piece of shit. Fucking Hunt. And he comes out and he says something like to Ringo, like, Hey, what's up there, Ringo? Or some shit like that. He shoots him right in the fucking chest and Ringo falls down. They arrest... He, uh, they arrest... Uh, um, I already forgot his name. Hunt. They arrest Hunt. I'm going to call him Heath. I think it's because I want a Heath bar. Heath bars are underrated. They're actually not that bad. I, I kind of like them. I like myself some toffee. So they arrest he, uh, Heath. They arrest Hunt. God damn it. <laughs> Shit. And Ringle accepts death and he dies, unfortunately. But he, not before he tells everybody that, uh, that Hunt actually didn't unload his gun before he did so he's like look i brought my gun out first but in reality hunt did it first but it's all out of spite because in actuality ringo wants hunt to suffer the same the same result of living that ringo had he's like you know what I want you to die a legend. I want you to die killing me, who was an absolute legend. And for the rest of your life, you're going to be scared and hope that somebody doesn't kill you because you're the next one in line, the next big shot that somebody's going to want to challenge and kill. And he's right. And that's the same reason why fucking Hunt is so freaked out at the end of the movie. He's like, holy shit, fuck me. The marshal kicks him in the face, which is a dope-ass scene. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, Ringo dies at the end of this movie. He tried his best. He tried to... And I, I think that's what I really like about it. It's just someone that's just been through a lot of shit that was trying to do something with his life, but he realizes, man, all that damage, all that work, 
resulted in almost nothing. Like, yeah, you get enough cash to survive, and you don't have any bosses or nothing. You don't have to be a part of a society. You could just jump into whatever town and get what you want. But I think you quickly realize, uh, especially back then, that there are some major benefits of being part of a loving family and blah, blah, blah. But at the time, Rigo did not care about a loving family, which is why he neglected his son. He neglected his wife at the time to the point where they were willing to move on and change their names and everything. So obviously it was a big, big deal. And I think that's why this movie means a lot. Like, it's just the fact that this this character went through so much, thought that he went through enough to, you know, um, make up to the family that he had before. And it just falls apart it just absolutely falls apart and he dies and it's interesting to see that hunt is this dude that is just gonna go through the same fate that he went through if not worse because obviously everyone's gonna want to take out this little pussy ass kid because <laughs> he really does look like a little bitch they found the perfect guy to play the that dude um that dude hunt perfect guy just like completely weaselly looking motherfucker uh i was really hoping he would die sooner but no and it, it i don't know i think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing um ringo's funeral comes up there are no seats available but peggy and jimmy jr come through uh to give their respects and the movie ends and as you know i like to do a quick impression of the movies I cover, this is a segment I like to go quick impressions. Quick impressions. You're Hunt Bromley, ain't you? Here I am. You heard of me already? Yeah, I heard about you. I drew a cheap, no-good barroom loafer. If I didn't have something else on my mind, I'd take them guns away from you and slap you cross-eyed. That's your quick impression. I don't know why I made Hunt Bromley sound like a fucking idiot, but I just hate his character. He's so good. The, the actor that plays him, he's so good that I absolutely hate his character so much. Um. Anyway, um... I would give the gun, you know, this is the rating section of the of the show, you know, um, I was about to give the rating, but as you know, if this happens to be the first time anyone's ever heard this show, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's not always a solo cello, but it's just me today. Um, the rating system goes, you have the, um, sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> you have the full Fu Manchu recommendation. <laughs> For hell, hell yeah. You have the walrus mustache recommendation for pretty damn good. The horseshoe mustache recommendation for eh, not bad. And the Hitler mustache recommendation for burn this movie in hell. So if I were to give this movie a rating, I would give this a solid, and I mean it, a solid mid-tier. I'll give this a solid mid-tier walrus mustache i like this movie a lot i thought gregory peck did a damn good job of carrying the film he doesn't have to do much with his emotions you know he's very solid i know there's been a lot of western films like it but it's just amazing to see this guy do what he does 
He has a sense of being a badass, but also being very likable and not overly dickheadish. Even when he is dickheadish, it always seems justifiable. He's just a great, great, great person to see doing this kind of part. He has an awesome mustache. So, yes, totally give it a solid Warriors mustache. And um, for those of y'all that have, have want to follow the show, whatever, you can follow the show at Mustachioed Podcastio on Instagram and at mpodcastio on Twitter. And you're welcome to send me some movie recommendations, anything you want to cover. If you think you have enough, um, you know, uh, to get on the mic. <laughs> if you have enough uh, to get on the mic and uh, with me and guest on the show, feel free to, to send me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Or even on the Discord. You can find the show on the Discord. Just follow the link tree. And we do have a link to our Discord. And you can direct message me from there. I get a lot of uh, comments from some friends on that Discord. I have so much fun on there. So the more the merrier. I think you would have a great time uh, for any of those that would like to take part in that. But either way, I just want to thank you all for checking this episode out. And until next time, bye.